BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Erica Cruz Guevara coming at you with an opportunity to directly help us shape the show. We've got a listener survey going, and we want to hear from you. What do you think of the show, and what do you want to hear more of? It takes literally just eight minutes of your time. So if you're waiting on the BART platform or, I don't know, waiting for your food at your local joint, go to kqed.org slash Survey and help us make our show even better for you. Thanks. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. California is in the middle of rolling out a plan to make preschool universal across the state, creating another grade known as transitional kindergarten. It's this ambitious plan that's had some pretty mixed results so far, but a school district in East San Jose is proving itself to be a model. This school district is demonstrating that it takes a village to raise a child and that a school district can't do it alone. The Alum Rock Union School District has a transitional kindergarten program that's attracting more and more families. It's also helping to address the negative effects that COVID-19 has had on learning in a community that was hit really hard by the pandemic. I definitely see a different change in him. You know, he knows what a routine is. He knows what, you know, to do, put away his stuff, you know, wash my hand, you know, all that stuff. I'm so, I just feel so happy, that, you know, that this teacher has been helping him. Today, what this one district in East San Jose can teach us about what it takes to make universal preschool successful. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Most of a child's brain develops in the first five years of life. Daisy Wynn covers early childhood education and care for KQED. There's just, you know, these millions of neuron connections happening. And so it's this, like, really critical window for learning. 
There's just been this long-term concern that children from lower-income families, when they start kindergarten, they're generally behind kids who come from wealthier families, and this gap persists throughout their academic career. On the other hand, studies looking into other universal preschool programs show that kids who began their schooling at four were more likely to graduate from high school on time and even go to college. So it's clear that there's lots of benefits. There's this urgent need in the state. The governor Newsom talks about it to narrow that kindergarten readiness gap. That means every child can learn in a nurturing environment with small class sizes to give our young learners the attention they deserve. And he even went as far as to say it's a solution to intergenerational poverty. And when we're finished with this expansion, California will have the largest, the single largest free preschool program in the country, serving nearly 400,000 children. If kids get an opportunity to learn during this stage, where they can build their social emotional skills, um, their ability to concentrate, solve problems, then they're going to enter the classroom ready to learn. Every four-year-old in California will be eligible for transitional kindergarten by the 2025-2026 school year. But in the end, it's up to the districts to implement this. And it's a tall order. Every school district's right now required to offer transitional kindergarten for four-year-olds in their district. You know, that's huge. It's a big undertaking because when you think about it, scaling up a preschool system, essentially, in public schools, is, it's going to take a lot of work. It requires building the workforce, adding teachers who are qualified to work with four-year-olds who have a background in child development. And there's also a lot of infrastructure work involved to renovate or build classrooms that meet the needs of four-year-olds. How is this rollout of Universal TK going so far? I think it's been uneven. Some school districts, because they they offered TK years ago, have more experience in early childhood education. So they're having a smoother time increasing the number of kids into their programs. I think part of the challenges is just getting the word out. But also, you know, there's growing pains to every program, and it hasn't reached full implementation yet. This is only the first year of a three-year implementation plan. Okay, so we're, we're sort of in the first year of implementing this program. It's kind of been a bumpy start, but I know that in your reporting, you went to uh, the Alum Rock School District in East San Jose. What had you heard about the transitional kindergarten program there? So there was a lot of fanfare when Universal TK was first announced. I wanted to see how it's implemented, what it looks like on the ground. How does it work? Is it is it working? I heard that the Alum Rock Union school district was seeing a lot of success in terms of enrollment growth. So I wanted to know why. 
it's offered TK since 2015. So it, it has a lot of the expertise and the staff in place. And then, of course, there's this great need for TK. East San Jose is a working class community, mostly Latino, lots of immigrants, and they're accommodating working parents. You were actually able to go into classrooms and even meet some of the kids and the families. Can you tell me about what you saw inside the classroom? It was a very colorful classroom. art all over the wall. When I entered, there were about 10 kids in the classroom with two teachers. And on Fridays, we have what? Fun Friday! And they were working on a Valentine's Day project where they were learning to count in the tents. Jaime Pacheco was one of the kids in the classroom. He uh, was four the day I was in the classroom, but he was about to turn five. 40. Count with me. 30. He and several of his classmates were taking turns getting up to the board to participate in this counting game. Well, this is all new to my son, you know, before he's never been around other kids and stuff. So I talked to Jaime's mom, Itzia Morfin. He was about two when the shutdown began, and she just gave birth to her second child, to her daughter. And his mom said that because she just had a baby, she was very careful during, throughout the pandemic. So I've been having them. They were at home. We've been at home. And whenever we'd go out, I'd take them far from people. So it'd be just us three, the park, at the beach, but far away from people. So I think what it was, you know, it was all new to So coming into a classroom was super overwhelming. He wasn't really able to articulate his feelings. He experienced some speech delays during the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, so my and son, you know, before you know, coming here, um, well, he's always had, like, trouble expressing himself. You know, I've noticed back a couple years, um, back when he was, like, around two-ish, we'd pronounce the words, and he'd kind of more, like, mimic. He felt kind of maybe lost, I'd say. So I think, you know, like I've mentioned this before. This is a community that was hit really hard by the pandemic, right? Yes, East San Jose had a high rate of COVID deaths and infections. So you can imagine that's left uh, lingering effects on children and their development because they've, you know, they've experienced trauma early in their lives. And not only that, these are children who've spent half of their lives in a pandemic. I mean, that sounds like such a big challenge for educators everywhere. Can you maybe tell me about what the educators you spoke with said about this problem that they're seeing playing out in the classroom? Jaime's teacher, as well as counselors and therapists that I met at the school, said that they just noticed like uh, an uptick in the number of kids who need early intervention services, meaning um, speech therapy or just help developing their social-emotional skills. Last year and this year, the students have had most of their time spent during the pandemic, and these children. Um, Jaime's are teacher, Sandra Rivera, were saying kids were coming into the classroom close. not knowing how to share or take turns. It's very challenging right now to try to get that social emotional behavior of we don't hit, we don't kick, and we have to really go back to the 
keeping hands to themselves to be able to teach them how to regulate their emotions and that sometimes we need Just to take a deep breath. Getting those basic expectations in place at the start of the school year was a challenge. And so it takes us a really long time at the beginning of the school year to really get those routines and procedures into place so that the kids can feel safe and comfortable and confident in the classroom environment. Alum Rock has been growing its TK program since 2015. But over the last couple of years, the district has added programs that provide even more for families. One big thing the district did was partner with two nonprofits, Kidango and Somos Mayfair, to convert a local elementary school into an early learning center. The Cesar Chavez Learning Center opened last September, and it provides a whole range of services. District leaders told Daisy that these plans started with listening to the community. They had these meetings with people in the community. They heard what the parents wanted and tried to give them, you know, those services. And we learned a lot more during the pandemic because our families were working. You know, they were working in um, retail. They were working in custodial. You know, they were... but. Food services. Diana Ballesteros is the head of early learning for the school district in East San Jose at Alam Rock Union. And she said, you know, they just listened to what parents in the community told them they need. We just can't leave families alone. You know, we have to really support them in their very important work of, you know, raising children, raising children. So the schools um, are trans positioning to be this community hub. They pooled their resources, the funding that they get, whether it's from state or federal money, to convert some of these classrooms that were for the older kids into essentially a daycare, a playroom for toddlers, and a nursery for babies. And then they added a community resource office where parents can also go to get access to public assistance programs. And third, there's a social-emotional office on campus where the children can go to get assessed for developmental delays. And if it's been determined that they have some, they can get served there. And so the idea that a school has decided to reach down and serve children from zero to five, it's very unique. We talked a bit about Jaime Pacheco earlier. What other services is he benefiting from at this early learning center? He's getting speech therapy, which his mom said is helping him um, better express himself. Now I definitely see a different change in him. You know, he knows what a routine is. He knows what, you know, to do, put away his stuff. He knows, wash my hand, you know, all that stuff. He, I'm so Jaime's so- mom, she's noticed a big difference also in just, he knows his letters, his numbers. She said she he can even sign when he does his ABC. The sign, the sign language with the alphabets and stuff, oh, God, like I, he makes me feel so proud of him when I see him doing the alphabet and signing as well. And I'm like, oh, I'm so, I just feel so happy, you know, that this teacher has been helping him. And at the resource center, again, like I mentioned, I'm definitely going to always be grateful for this school. And I really hope my, my You can hear in her voice so much relief and gratitude that she got her son into this program. 
and I see that um, they're able to, you know, take on my son and, you know, they help him and they haven't left him behind, I, you know, so that's, for me as a parent, you know, I'm grateful. Like I said, I'm, I'm grateful for them. Well, Daisy, when you look back on your visit to Alum Rock and its TK program, what are your biggest takeaways? Like, what do you think we can learn from this community about what it takes to really help all kids and families in early childhood? This school district is demonstrating that it takes a village to, to raise a child and that a school district can't do it alone. So they're collaborating with these nonprofits with more expertise in early childhood education, caring for infants and toddlers, for example, and finding a way to put it all on one campus to serve the needs of families so that parents can go, go to work. These are just all the things that it's required to support a child at that stage of their lives. Yeah, it sounds like that sort of acknowledgement that like education isn't happening in like a vacuum, that these kids are also like existing in a specific community and place that has been hit really hard by other things and that these schools are going to feel that and that they need to sort of step up to address those things. That acknowledgement in the actual programming is a, is a huge thing here. I'm a mom, so what I can say is that a happy child is a child who's ready to learn. So you need to really be able to, at least from the start, create like a safe environment, some stability, routines, you know, just some predictability. Those are things that like really help a child feel more secure and happy and then they're like once those things are in place they're ready to learn they want to learn those are key aspects to foster that love of learning thank you for your reporting and for uh, joining us on the show i really appreciate it thanks That was Daisy Wynn, a reporter who covers early childhood education and care for KQED. This 45-minute conversation with Daisy was cut down and edited by producer Maria Esquinka. Alan Montecilio is our senior editor. He scored this episode and added all the tape. A reminder for you to take our listener survey. It takes just seven minutes. Just go to kqed.org slash thebaysurvey. The Bay is a production of KQED in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.